0: This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Chris Tabb and Dan Heaster, both of the Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts. And today we're going to be talking about the upcoming Shakespeare Festival. This year, it's uh, Shakespeare's The Tempest and Moliere's The Miser. They're at the Feed Store Park uh, beginning on June 15th and running three weekends. Chris Tabb is the artistic director, and Dan Heaster is the director of both plays, but they work pretty much in concert. Dan comes up all the way from Denver, where he's a director, actor, and producer. Gentlemen, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: So how many years has the Shakespeare Festival been going on? And remind us how it got started.
1: This will be our 13th season. Um, we are returning this year to The Tempest, which was actually our very first production back 13 years ago. The idea came when uh, Garrett began construction and, or f- final phase of construction on the cave and the park itself. I went to Anne Ralph and said, you know, that would be a perfect place to have a Shakespeare festival. So we gave it a shot. Steve Miller as the very first Prospero in Tempest. And actually, my stepdaughter, my oldest stepdaughter, was the first Miranda. And now my youngest stepdaughter is playing Ariel. So (laughs) anyway, the idea came there. And and since then, we've done it every year. And we usually do two shows in repertoire. And we've used the entire park in various configurations. This year, it's going to be very exciting because we are really using the entire amphitheater. Every part of it will be used as a different staging point so for example the shed with the deck it now becomes the ship that gets wrecked and the cave itself becomes prospero's cell and over on another side is where ariel's tree that she's freed from and then caliban has a little hut over in another part of the park the biggest exciting thing that i want everybody to know is that this year we will be miked Oh. So you know oh, that is a, hearing that issues is a have been a problem, and we're hoping to have every single actor miked. Since we we're going to be so spread out through the park, we thought it would be a practical concern. So oh, that sounds
0: that sounds good. And some of Shakespeare's plays, just being outside is like the perfect thing. Tempest so, is perfect for this space. Exactly, yeah. Dan. Uh, the Tempest, sixteen ten. One of one of the later one of the later the, last the later major plays.
1: play.
2: That um Shakespeare did, he did a couple after that in collaboration, and they mm-hmm. were terrible
0: uh-huh and what's noteworthy about the Tempest? Does it show his uh, age and experience, or
2: well, there are all kinds of things, and yes, it does it's uh his sort of contemplation on art and what art does, art and theater, but it uh, brings together so many of the themes that he Uh, was so um, involved with all through his career, treachery, power, ambition, (laughs) what people do for that, Uh, love and young love and first love and the power of love, youth and age and the generations, uh, redemption and forgiveness, magic, the magic of theater and art, and they're all just seamlessly bound together <laughs> to do this, this wonderful adventure story as well that takes place in this very unique environment. It's in sort of the new world, but we don't know where. And um, that's why we're using all of the amphitheaters. It is the island of Setebos where Prospero has landed with his daughter after he has been run out of
0: Milan. Hmm. Now Shakespeare, the Bard, is second to none in the world of drama. What is it about Shakespeare? Is it volume or the breadth of work or the content? What why, so why is he so well known? It,
2: it, it's the timelessness of what he wrote. He just he, he he was born and worked at the right time in the right place. And so he was in touch with people on the street all the way up to the queen. So he just was able to observe. He was a brilliant observer of human nature and human life. And he could see all of it at once, all the levels of society, all the way that people interacted. And it was during an age when he could produce. The the queen was his patron and so he was able just to work he also owned and ran
1: a theater so mm-hmm. the reason we still do shakespeare is that he better than any playwright ever better understood the psychology of a person when presented with a certain set of circumstances how that person would react and respond mm-hmm. so down up and down the line you, you know any plot situation the reason he resonates with us is because it is truth personified on stage.
2: Mm-hmm. And he was such a wonderful um, wordsmith, which is something that we, you know, need uh, always remember. People, uh, you think you have to translate Shakespeare. He he really wrote in English, and it was such a magnificent storyteller, and was able to put that in such compelling and deep and insightful language
0: and that is it's
2: just exciting to hear the music of his language
0: and uh, i've heard it said that if one took scissors and cut up the script uh, and presented various speeches to a an expert they could tell which character it came from that that he was so good at at the characters yes. that they became you know a true living Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah own... they're distinct in, in every way.
0: And and Shakespeare, uh, as as everyone knows, is so infused in current language. Oh, uh, yeah. Bra- Brave New Completely. World comes from The Tempest in a speech by Miranda. Uh, it became the uh, title of Aldous Huxley's uh, dystopian novel. And and they're. Thousands of examples.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> all, all the way through our language. And and much of the structure of modern drama, you know, you watch TV, a lot of it owes its uh, structure and insight to how Shakespeare puts stories together.
0: That That's true. Now, uh, let's talk for a few minutes about Moliere. The Miser is the play, one of his best known. This one debuted in 1668 in Paris, so about 60 years later. Uh, how did the two plays... Uh, compare? Well they are
2: quite different but they're also you know Moliere is of course less known in the English speaking world but uh, if anybody is comparable to Shakespeare in terms of insight and writing skill and language it's Moliere although he didn't write tragedies he had no luck with that his (laughs) comedies really cover the whole breadth of uh, human beings and human interaction and you know in the same way he was beholden to the king Louis the Fourteenth. And so he was able to criticize his society, especially the bourgeoisie who were coming up and aspiring to aristocracy, and the aristocracy was quite corrupt. And so his insight into all of that, again, goes to the heart of human behavior and human nature and human understanding. Um, the, The parallel between the two plays uh, is yeah, a little bit attenuated, but is there. The, the main characters in both are uh, men who are extreme and um, have extreme points of view and extreme ideas and extreme action and also powerful men. And Harpagon in The Miser doesn't ever really learn anything, but everybody around him does. Uh, Prospero, on the other hand, does learn, just like King Lear. You know, and those two guys are kind of separate from a lot of the characters in other Shakespeare plays. They get it mm-hmm. by the end. They get that revenge and mm-hmm. hatred and ambition are not really the way to go. That uh, forgiveness, redemption, and understanding sounds a little bit cheesy, but
0: Shakespeare knows how to not make it not cheesy. Uh Now, uh, Dan, I know you're uh, somewhat of an expert in the French language and theater and all. There's tons of French playwrights, uh, people like Emile Zola, Jean Cocteau, uh, Jean-Paul Sartre. But when when you think of Moliere, he's got to be right up there with Voltaire. Or I, I absolutely, don't know, absolutely, say? he mm-hmm.
2: he is the French Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. He is the one who, you know, was the right place at the right time, and is really at the the pinnacle. Of French authorship.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I look forward to it. I should have, under full disclosure, at the beginning I meant to mention that I am a season ticket holder for many seasons, so uh, that people, should, people should know that out there. Uh, Chris, what are the biggest challenges about putting on uh, these two plays?
1: Well, understanding the text to begin with, we've traditionally done a very good job and made it I, I hate to use the term user friendly, but it is. It's user friendly because we spend so much time as actors understanding what we're saying and being able to present it in, in a very clear and understandable way. Mm-hmm. So f- from an acting and production standpoint, that's a, that's a huge challenge. Putting together some of the requirements that Shakespeare made for these particular scenes, although he makes it easy for us by having embedded stage directions where you'll have mm. the characters come in and say, oh, look at this forest, right? So that you know, because in the Globe, there wasn't a lot of stage you know, props in the uh-huh. setting. So we have all of that there, but getting it into a context for a modern audience and making sure that they're hearing that and also helping them along by seeing that mm-hmm. is, uh, from a de- production standpoint, a challenge. Um, and then just being able to do it in, the, in a small town like this. But I will say, this year, we had more men than we needed for the audition.
0: So that's probably unusual. Huh? Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> unusual. fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That, that's good. This, this valley has its share of uh, enthusiastic thespians. Oh. Uh, what would you say about the cast this year?
1: Very strong. Mm-hmm. Very strong. We have more seasoned you know, Shakespeare participants this year. And we have a number of newcomers from age 15 to 65. Mm -hmm. People that have never even done theater before but are playing significant roles. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's exciting for us because they get to see, they get to meld with people that have been around for a while and get the idea of how the rehearsal process works. And you know what it takes to translate and do theater outside, that's a challenge in itself.
2: And, and we have some very talented interns from uh, uh, Principia um, College or University, mm-hmm. I don't remember which, but they're, they're great and they're here and they're helping also on the technical end. So.
0: And speaking of esteemed actors who have been around, both of you are in these uh, productions, is that not right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> and we've both been around. Yeah. Uh, we met we met in Denver. I ran a theater company called City Stage Ensemble. It was kind of the cutting edge theater in Denver mm-hmm. for many, many years and Chris was
1: part of our ensemble there. So. All the way uh-huh. back to nineteen ninety two. So we've been working together for twenty five years.
0: Uh, You mentioned the Globe Theater. Last year when I was in London, there's a recreation of the Globe, uh, Mm -hmm. as as you know. And uh, we were there and we took the tour. And they said, uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to break from the normal tour because uh, King Lear is opening tonight and they're rehearsing. And I mean, how cool is that? (laughs) And uh, they had just gotten off the road uh, in road production. So a lot of the rehearsal was uh, stage direction because there was a post in here and there wasn't there right. and so there was a lot of stopping okay go go this way but it, it was fascinating in terms of, of what they were focused on, on the day before the production mm-hmm. they had all the lines sure so. they knew
1: the show but yeah. putting it in a different place and we kind of do that every day cuz a lot of times we rehearse inside yeah. and then we have to translate it to a, <laughs> a larger space and we've been our very last rehearsal was oh, okay you can't walk there that's audience all <laughs> right yeah. so There's somebody sitting there yeah because, right. because the audience is going to be in the round uhhuh so, you know, we have to. We haven't defined all of the the walkways yet. So,
0: so what what else should folks know about the this uh, these productions coming up? Well, you
2: know, one thing that I you know like to mention, and Chris talked about it being user friendly and. Um, You know, we found that most of Shakespeare's plays are a little too long for the weather. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to kind of finish up pretty soon after sunset or it gets a little bit too cold. So we've gotten in the habit of having me adapt the plays and hopefully knock on what I've gotten better at it. But uh, one of the things that's really important to me is I think that when I teach Shakespeare, when you have Shakespeare in college, he is the revered, Shakespeare, dead white male, you know, great author. Uh, when I adapt him and direct and produce, I think of him as a living collaborator. Mm-hmm. And that is the way that we really, you know, we think about our particular audience this is happening in a particular time, particular place in Westcliff with mm-hmm. people who we know and have grown to know and that we really think about them, you know, in terms of it's, it's not translating the language, but, uh, you know, it's, it's paying attention to how the language is structured sometimes. You know, when Shakespeare's syntax is a little difficult, we clean
1: it up and make it easier just so that people don't have to struggle to follow. Mm -hmm. What we really want to do is to have people put aside that terrible high school Shakespeare class (laughs) taught by the teacher who didn't understand it, who didn't want to teach it, and you didn't want to take it. Put it aside because what you're going to see is a night of entertainment, unlike any other. You know, and and, uh, you'll see a spectacle that we have produced. Mm -hmm. And so. Don't fear it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. And you have the opportunity. It may take you a minute to understand what line you just heard, but you'll be so much more rewarded when you do. Say, wow, what an incredible way to state something.
0: Uh, As we run out of time, this year, The Tempest is the first two weekends, and uh, Moliere's The Miser is the uh, last weekend. And uh, let me mention, it's uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It's 6.30 on uh, Fridays and Saturdays and 2 o'clock, on Sundays, Correct. and thinking about the Saturdays, it's the 16th, the 22nd for Shakespeare, and then the 30th for Moliere. And as we broadcast this... We're ready to so, open this Friday. Great. The, we've been visiting with Chris Tabb and Dan Heaster, who are both uh, directors for the uh, local Shakespeare Festival. Westcliffe Center for the Performing Arts is the, uh, the governing body. Uh, It's been going on for 13 years, and it opens uh, this Friday. Chris and Dan, thanks much. Thank you, Gary. Thank you. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org valley views is produced by the volunteers of klzr 91.7 fm i'm walking on a rainbow with
2: my feet on solid ground